0: We've come to the end of, of our seri- series on our principles, going through um, sc- different scriptures and looking at what scripture says and how we can have that as a foundation to build from. And we've looked at a principle of purity, a principle of modesty, and Dave also spoke about how it's a principle of contentment. Jackie spoke about having expectant lives and a principle of expectation In our lives, that there's always more with God's. Dave then spoke two weeks ago about having a principle of of courage and courageous faith and prayer. And then last week, uh, Terry O'Regan spoke really powerfully on having a principle of godly ambition. There are three other sermons uh, or sermonettes, they're a bit shorter. Online, principle of discipline. That's not necessarily a popular one. Um, but about 50 people have already watched it. And actually having a principle of discipline is really important as we follow Jesus. The principle of consistency, also known as faithfulness, and a principle of joy. I I encourage you to go and have a look at those. And To finish our series, we're looking at, at a principle of generosity. I just want to name it. As soon as someone says, oh, today's sermon's on generosity, people are thinking, right, I'm going to... Make sure my hands are covering my pockets. I don't feel um, good about this. He's going to talk about money and things like that. In the first service, I didn't say at any point, could you reconsider your giving to the church? And apart from when I just said it then, I'm not going to say it in this sermon either. Because generosity is so much bigger than giving to this church. It isn't a plea sermon for funds to come in. It's a plea and an encouragement to have a certain kind of heart. That wherever we go, whatever church we're part of, however um, far we go from here or whether we stay here, that God grows in us a, a principle of generosity that our hearts are like His. And during this sermon, I hope that we adopt... A heart of generosity. Let me actually honour you and honour us more. Adopt even more a heart of generosity. Because I believe our church family is really generous. Really, really generous. With time and service and finance and, and giving in, in lots and lots of different ways, in the food bank. Um, we have a fellowship fund where there's, um, people have given generously over time, and now we're able to bless people so that uh, their needs are being met. This church is already generous, but I believe God wants us to grow in generosity, but also as he prepares us for what he's doing in the next season. And also, as we parent our children, and young people, but also young Christians, as we help raise them and grow them, we help them adopt a principle of generosity where we are free in giving or sharing. We're open-handed with the things that we have. Beef casserole. Mm. What do you think this image is showing? Beef casserole, says Annie. (laughs) Someone is spooning up some leftovers. Friendship, giving a meal. One of the things, and I love Nikki completely and utterly, but one of the things that I love about her is she will often, if we've cooked too much, she will often fill a box or a plate, and take it downstairs for our neighbors. She's the one that thinks of that first, not me. We're giving the things that are left over. It's it's kind, isn't it? But is giving leftovers generous? Yes. Is it fully generous? I've got some spare. Yeah, I don't need it. I'll give it away. Is there more to generosity than just giving away what we don't need? Yes. So, so far, it's been quite a positive message. People have said, yes, giving leftovers is generous. Great. And there's more to generosity than just giving leftovers. So, let's have a think about this image Two small copper coins. Anyone know the Bible story um, from Mark chapter 12 that has two small copper coins given? Just shout out if, if a widow's might. So the widow gives all that she has um, and, and gives that, offers it back to God. And Jesus observes people with great wealth giving some of what they have, but observes the, the widow giving all that she has. This wasn't leftover for her. This was all that she had. And it shows a deeper understanding of generosity. Yes, generosity is giving leftovers. But it's also giving everything that we have. It's being open-handed. And that is a risky thing. We're going to look at a Bible passage, um, and we're going to ask four questions from it. Uh, If you have your phone... You can, you can join in with, um, with answering these questions in a moment. I will put this slide back up so you can take the Padlet uh, QR code down and you can answer some of the questions that we're, we're going to ask. But let's just have a look at this gift on the screen. It um, has a little ribbon and the ribbon is in the shape of a cross. Good. Good. When I look at, at Bible passages, I find it really, really helpful to ask these four questions. And you can ask them about any, any Bible passage. What can I learn about God? What can I learn about myself? Is there, something that, is there a promise or an encouragement, an inspiration to hold on to for myself or others or for the church? And what must I do? What, what do I need to obey? Four questions. We're going to ask those four questions about a passage in 2 Corinthians That Paul was writing to the church in Corinth who already were generous, but he encourages them to be even more generous. So let's read from 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. what can we learn about God? What can we learn about ourselves? Is there something to encourage or inspire us? And what must we do? If you want to um, take down that QR code, uh, just point your camera at the screen. It means that you can engage with the Bible passage and make comments whilst the sermon is going on. And I'm going to just share some thoughts that um, came up as I looked at the Bible passage and prayed, based on these, um, these questions. And as people put in their answers, I'll share a few of them, so that together we're engaging it with Scripture. So what do we learn about God? Well, there's that verse. The first thing that we can learn about God is that He loves a cheerful giver. It's at the end of verse 7, uh, just checking that everyone has used the cameras if they want to use them. So I can go back to the passage. Great. Is that okay? Fee, Fee did you want the QR code? No, okay. Um, first, at the end of verse 7, it says that God loves a cheerful giver. Now, confession time. Has anyone ever smiled as the offering bag goes round? <laughs> has anyone else noticed someone else smiling as the bag is going around? Some people have. I'm, I'm stood there, and, and a lot of the time, that's, that's the view that, that I have of people passing the bag along. So I don't get to see if people are smiling and being cheerful. Or go, yes, I get to put some, something in. Or they go past the, the, um, the card machine and kind of, I, I don't necessarily see the smiles. So what does this verse mean, that God loves a cheerful giver? Well, God loves this anyway, but what does it mean that he loves a cheerful giver? And this isn't talking about the cheer or the happiness or the joy that we get when we give, which is really cool. When you give something to someone, it gives you that feeling. We'll talk about that in a moment. But what about God loving a cheerful giver? Well, the way that we've been made by God is that when we give, when we actually intentionally give, certain hormones are released, chemicals in our brains like serotonin and dopamine and oxytocin that help us feel good. There is actually something that um, re- researchers call the helper's high. They're going to buzz out of serving or giving. And it's actually the way that God has made us, that when we do something for someone else, when we give something away, we get a release of these chemicals. God loves a cheerful giver, and he's made us in such a way that when we give, it gives us cheer. Isn't that cool? More science... Some research, and a number of re- re- people have done research on this, that um, it helps reduce your blood pressure if you give. Now, when I looked at this, I'm thinking, no way. Because if I've got this amount, and I've been challenged to give that, but this is all I've got, and I'm thinking, if I give that away, I'm not going to have enough for this, this, and this. That's going to raise my blood pressure. But research is suggesting that as people give, it lowers the blood pressure. Isn't that weird? God loves a cheerful giver. And he's made us in such a way that when we give, it brings us cheer. But actually, there's more in this passage to learn about God. Let's see um, if others are putting some things in he loves giving from an, a willing heart. Um, God loves those you you. Sorry, God loves those um, who give carelessly, uh, as in extravagantly. It means um, not being under pressure to give. God is generous. We're going to come on to that bit one in a moment, um, and God Himself is generous, meeting all of our needs. Now. Verse 14 and 15 talk about God being a generous God. Verse 14, um, in, in their prayers for you, because of the surpassing grace God has given you. That word surpassing is an extravagant word. This plate has a mountain of bread on. It's not a very big mountain, so I'm using maybe language that describes something in a more elaborate way, but it's more bread than we need for this block of people. It's symbolic of God's giving more than we need. How much grace do you need? You personally, how much grace do you need? Rhetorical question that you don't need to sh- shout out. Um... God gives us more than we need. And whenever um, God's grace is described, especially by Paul, who, who's an apostle full of grace, and he talks about grace more than any other writer in the New Testament. All the other writers um, mention grace 55 times. Paul more than trebles that in his letters. Talking about grace and grace and grace and grace. And, and grace from God is poured out extravagantly, surpassing. This word uh, it, um, is to, to go beyond, run beyond, uh, throw over, spill over, flow over. God is generous and he definitely doesn't have a scarcity mindset or heart or a poverty mindset when he's talking or thinking about giving of himself, on a, of his goodness. Verse 15 talks about his indescribable gifts of salvation. I wonder if um, when you think about the songs in heaven, Shona uh, quite rightly said that the songs that are constantly going on in heaven talking about God's holiness. Other songs talk about his salvation. You might think, oh, I can cope with a song three times, and maybe a chorus and a bridge, but come on, constantly? If you ever get that thought, can I encourage you to simply pray that God gives you a, a deeper understanding of his holiness, his worthiness, and his gift of salvation, so we don't get bored with those kind of songs. It also says about singing a new song, so don't worry, there are other songs, but I think we need to capture how indescribable the gift of God is, or gifts from God are. In verse 8 and 10, it talks about God being able to bless you abundantly. and I found this quite um, an encouragement, but also um, quite a challenge. In verse 10, it says, God's So he, as in God, who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. It's talking about giving. And as we give away, God gives to us. I thought, well, what's that about? In Proverbs 3, verse 9 and 10... It says, honour the Lord with your wealth and the firstfruits of all your crops. So give to God first, then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will, bring over with, will brim over with new wine. As we give to God, or as we give away, God gives to us. And that's a strange thought because I'm thinking, well, we don't give to receive in order to receive, but there's a promise, there's a blessing. Ooh. I'm moving on to question three. We'll come back to that in a moment. Question three. Let's have a think about what we can learn about ourselves. Did you have that feeling when, when I said it's about generosity that you're thinking, oh. No, none of you are going, yeah. Generosity and giving are challenging topics for us, especially in today's financial, um, in today's climate of financial pressure. I want us to approach this knowing that this is hard and could be really, really difficult for some people especially. But it says here that we are to choose how much to, to give. God isn't telling us exactly how much. He isn't bullying us. He isn't forcing us. But in verse 7 it says that each of us should give what we've decided in our in our hearts to give. Not relu- reluctantly or under compulsion. There needs to be intentionality in this. That whatever we have, whether it's lots or, or not, that we will give to God, or give away something. And we can test God in whether he will give back and provide for us. I'll come on to that concept in a moment. God wants us to be cheerful in our giving. That's why he's made us in a certain way. And he wants us to give not um, so that we have less, but it's... It's part of becoming more and more like him. Let's see what others have said. Our giving reveals how our heart, so where our heart is. Financial generosity is sometimes the easy way to justify your own thought of what it is, but it's much harder to give your time generously. Yet giving your time and support of others in person is what most people really need. However small it is, um, it is better than none. We can be assured that the needs of those who lack something will be met. We will see the result by the thanks and praise that they give. There are some encouragements here from this passage. That as we give, we will be enriched in every way so that we can carry on being generous. I wonder if you've met someone who... Is incredibly generous and they just keep on being given more. That whatever they give, whatever they sorry, whatever they receive, they give away. And I think there's a principle here that, that we see in other passages of the Bible that God gives to people who are generous. So that as they receive, because He knows that they're generous, they will give away. It's like a hot potato. As soon as someone passes you a hot potato, what do you do with it? You pass it on. We don't hold on to things so tightly. And there's a promise here. There's a blessing that God is able, verse 8, God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, all things at all times, having all you you need, you'll abound in every good work. We shouldn't feel a sense of lack as we give. Because God, according to his words, will provide. In Malachi, the only time it says about testing God, to bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and thereby uh, put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not uh, open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. As we go through Scripture, every time it talks about being generous, pretty close by, almost all of the time, there's a promise that God will give more. Give freely and become more wealthy. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24 and 25. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. There is a principle in Scripture that we're to be generous people. So, what must we do? Some people have written, give with a joyful heart and practice. I think it grows, doesn't it? As you give with a joyful heart, it grows and grows. If you give away something small and something a little bit bigger, it can grow that sense of joy. Someone shares some great things um, a decent message from Proverbs 4, verse 23, um, about guarding our hearts or keeping our hearts and. um, it is the heart thing that um, generosity comes. Give with the right motive. Be obedient. Generosity isn't an opting opt-in thing; it's a heart response and a gift to give. We need to give everything to God and see what He takes. That's an interesting thought, isn't it? Lay it out all on the table. God's—it's yours. Take and use whatever you want just want to honor those who are hosting Ukrainians at the moment. You have offered your home and everything in it for the blessing of someone else. Thank you for your example of generosity. It's not just try harder to give more, but uh, to fellowship with God and let him change your heart. Recognize that everything is a gift from God and it's all his anyway. We're a conduit for him to allow his blessing to flow. These are wonderful thoughts. Do keep adding these thoughts over the next few days so people can see what God is saying to you. We've got decisions to make. We've talked about pre-deciding each week to pre-decide, to choose holiness and purity before we get into a situation. To choose modesty and contentment so that... um, We've made a decision so that when we're in a context, we've already got the decision made to, to actually decide today, or a few Sundays ago it was, to choose expectation, to live a life with expectation, and, and so on and so on. What pre-decision are you going to make today in terms of generosity? not being pushed or pressurized. But As we approach Christmas, and maybe the most financially challenging Christmas for a lot of people, will you choose to be generous with what you have, and that's including finance and time and words and money and attitudes and approach, or will you choose not to be generous? What decision are you making? This whole series has been a call from God to bring us back to living in keeping with his words. And we'll keep on bringing us back. God will keep on bringing us back to his words as he prepares us for a new season. I don't want us to forget the things he's already said. That God is calling us to be a pure family, holy and pleasing to God. That he's calling us to be a content and trusting family, an expectant family, a courageous family, filled with, faithful, uh, filled with faith-filled prayer. The extra messages online, that God is calling us to be a disciplined and focused family, a consistent family, and a family full of joy, a family that is ambitious for God's glory, not for Gold Hill's namesake, or for our own namesake, but to God's namesake, not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and faithfulness, our verse for the year, two years ago. God is continuing to call us back to living with, uh, in keeping with his words, and have these principles But we have a choice to make. And when we've made it, to remind ourselves that we have made it. And to allow it to impact the rest of the way that we live. Terry last week ended with this verse. That God presents before us a choice. And I believe God is doing that. And I want us to take this choice seriously. So, before we have a time of communion, and there are different stations around the room where we have bread and um, actual, actual bread and actual cups, um, where we can engage uh, with God without the v- <laughs> kind of, um, of the disposable ones. I want us to take seriously this choice. So, can I encourage you to pray? God, by your Holy Spirit, lead us to make decisions for you, to choose life, to choose your way, to live in keeping with your words and where your word isn't necessarily clear on what we should do and what way we should go, help us to prayerfully apply the principles that you have taught us and keep teaching us through your word. And as a church family, continue to prepare us, God, for what you want to do in us and through us. And as a church family, help us to raise our children and young people and young Christians in these, these principles of life. We are your people, you are our gods and we ask you to lead us and for us to faithfully follow. Amen.